0: You're in the right place if you're ready to cultivate the self-awareness to be the leader you were born to be. Let's go on this journey together. Welcome to Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt, and I'm excited to do a solo episode with you today. And the topic is around setting healthy boundaries, This is a topic that comes up a lot, a lot in my coaching practice, in both my leadership development and training and speaking. It's just something that I see consistently all the time with leaders as individuals. And it doesn't happen just with women. I see this with men and women, and this can be boundaries when it comes to work, boundaries when it comes to relationships, boundaries when it comes to self-care and taking care of self so, I thought this was a really relevant topic that we could discuss today in this episode. So, the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to boundaries is I've noticed that sometimes people feel that if they previously didn't have necessarily a good relationship with boundaries or it was an area that they struggled with, that once they learn how to set healthy boundaries, that they're all done and they're never gonna have to do it again. And I would just say when it comes to boundaries, this is something that is constantly evolving. It is shifting and it is a journey. It is not a destination if I look at myself, I think a lot of people have described me over the years as boundary queen. And while that's true, in some ways, I've been able to maintain very strong boundaries when it comes to friendships, when it comes to certain things, when it, when it, uh, certain things, when it comes to work and relationships as well in self-care for sure, I would say it's something that I've gotten stronger and stronger at over the years. But even for myself, I would say I'm not boundary queen in every single area. I would say I excel more in some areas than others. And so when we start to think about boundaries and setting boundaries and why people struggle with them, I think it's helpful to look at what are some of the self-limiting beliefs that can be contributing to why people are not holding their boundaries. And through me working with, uh, working with many, many leaders, um, Over the years, there are some consistent patterns that I see. And so what is one of the reasons I see that people are not holding strong boundaries? It's because there's people-pleasing happening. People-pleasing is something that we can learn very early on in life, and it is something I definitely engaged in, and I can see myself continuing to engage in and have to be very conscious around those times that I'm going into the people-pleasing behaviors Uh, But definitely back in the day, I learned when it comes to uh, making sure that if I'm the best student and I get my A pluses and I get my gold stars and I do what I'm supposed to do and make sure I don't do too much to challenge the status quo, if I make sure I always honor my commitments and always do what I say I was going to do and not make any changes and consistently make sure that I'm doing whatever I can to make people like me. And maybe back in the day, that would be sometimes contorting and being who I thought people wanted me to be. I definitely was one of those ones. And I'm sure people can relate. I got the bossy label a lot. I got the bossy label from sometimes teachers. I got it from other adults I love, I think it was Cheryl uh, Sandberg who says, stop calling them bossy, tell them they have executive leadership skills. I would have loved for someone to tell me that back in the day as an elementary student, that being bossy was just you having a strong voice and owning that voice. But I I didn't get that feedback sometimes. And, And I just want to say, again, it wasn't across the board. I had some people who really encouraged me to use my voice, but others, that was not the case. And so we can sometimes get into that people pleasing. Another saboteur or limiting belief that I see is the hyperachieve, the hyperachieving. So there can be some self-sabotage when it ha- when it comes to being that hyperachiever, having to feel that you always accomplish everything. Sometimes we talk about the high achievers in terms of those type A personalities, those individuals who are very ambitious and driven. And so here's where I would say the difference b- between it being functional and starting to get into dysfunctional or some maladaptive behavior is when that high achieving moves into hyper achieving and that that drive does not have the boundaries that it's pushing to get to those results, even though you might get burnt out, it's pushing to get to those results, even though it's impacting your relationships with others, or it's impacting your well being, right? So it's pushing it too hard, because there's a, a sense of enoughness that comes with that hyper achieving. Being the peacemaker. Right. So sometimes it's like, well, I don't want people to be uh, I want to make sure I'm keeping everybody happy. And so I need to be the mediator, the moderator and make sure that everyone's happy. So you see this sometimes in family dynamics. You can see this with uh, you can see this in workplaces as well. Working on teams. That individual who's always trying to be the peacemaker. So sometimes they are taking on more than they should be taking on and they will be there more for others than they are for themselves. Some of this can also be about control, right? There's a level of control that happens when you get to decide how things go. And so sometimes people, in order for them to feel that sense of control, they will say yes to everything. And you see this sometimes with leaders who are micromanaging. And when you think about micromanaging, well, what's actually leading that behavior? Well, underneath micromanaging is a sense of fear. They're not trusting that those individuals will get what they need to get done, or they're not trusting that they will get it done in the way that they want it to be done. And so now we start to see these control, very controlling behaviors, which then again lead to lack of boundaries, right? That individual does not have autonomy. How are they going to learn how to do things and figure out their version? I also see some of the avoiding, the avoidant, uh, the avoidant individual. And this you can even go back to if, if you're interested. I've done a, I've read a lot and learned about attachment styles. And as when we're little and we start to figure out different attachment styles, and um, there's anxious attachment, there's avoidant attachment. And, and we're trying to go through, go for the healthy um, attachment. But when we look at avoidance, so some of that is also, I don't want to say something, it's easier to just avoid the conversation. And again, not holding boundaries. So there might be something that's happening that you're not okay with uh, something that you don't want to do something that you're constantly constantly saying yes to, but it should actually be a no. And we've seen perfectionism as well, right? So where individuals are, if I don't do this, right, if I don't do this, perfect. And so that can be boundaries as well. I've seen it with clients where they recognize they're spending seven hours on a PowerPoint presentation to make sure it is perfect. And that is not holding a very good boundary because, and in this case, you know, if it was someone that was really in a creative flow and a creative process, and they wanted to spend that six to seven hours because they were in creative mode. Awesome. In this particular situation, that's not the case. It was an individual who was just, she could have been done in a couple of hours, maybe even 90 minutes. It might've been at an 80%. It might've been an 85%, but it needed to be perfect in order for it to be perfect. She invested seven or eight hours at what expense? Never mind even the expense for other things that she could have been doing at work, but this was actually done outside of work hours. And this is impacting her own well being and her time with her family and doing other things that are important. So, perfectionism can really, really have a big impact on boundaries. And then, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of limiting beliefs is sometimes there's this victim mentality, right? So, we've seen this with individuals that can sometimes get into being the martyr. Right. Well, you know, I have to do it. I it, they expect this from me. I it's my responsibility. And you can hear, even as I'm talking through that language, it doesn't really feel very empowering, does it? And what ends up happening for that is resentment, right? Because yes, you might be saying, Yes, oh yes, I have to do it. I have to. These individuals are counting on me. But really, when it comes down to it, that individual doesn't want to be doing it, it really is a no. And that doesn't mean that they're never there for people and they don't care. Okay, I just want to be very clear here. But this is when this pattern is happening over and over again. So I'm curious, as you're hearing all of these different, um, these different limiting beliefs and saboteurs and some of the self sabotaging behavior, Which ones resonate with you? And you can definitely wear different hats. There might be certain times where you notice the perfectionism comes in. And then other times it's more the people pleasing, maybe the hyperachiever. So depending on the scenario, different personalities, different aspects of you or personas might show up. But which ones kind of resonate or jump out at you as, as I'm talking about this? So keep that in mind, because this is where the more awareness you have that these behaviors are showing up and these defaults, the more opportunity that you can take a step back and respond differently. And so this is what I want to talk to you about in terms of solutions. So what do we do? We know these saboteurs are happening. We know these limiting beliefs are happening, sometimes unconsciously in the background, First thing I would like to recommend is really pausing before you're making decisions and re- really attuning into your body and listening and hearing what is the truth for you. This is not a one size fits all. Your truth is not going to be somebody else's truth, but the, the better you get at slowing down and pausing, maybe even taking some deep breaths, checking in with yourself, Does this feel like something I want to say yes to, does this feel like I'm about to engage in this particular behavior from a health for a healthy reason, or is this some of my old patterning show up showing up right now? So the more you can tune into, you can start to really trust what feels right for you. And that's a work in progress as well. We can spend a lot of times for a lot of time in the neck up. So we're in our heads very linear, and we're not necessarily leveraging our hearts and our body and our soul and this other really rich data that can give us information around what is the, the true answer for us when we're coming from our most resourceful self. I also really want to highlight that for some of these behaviors, where they're coming from is cultural conditioning, Right. We live in a society that has capitalism and patriarchal systems that want you to feel like you are not enough and that you're not doing enough. Right. It's like, well, if I looked younger, if I was thinner, if I, so there's all of these things that, well, I have to, I have to do this. And so there's not holding the boundaries because I need to, I need to be a star performer. I need to achieve this thing. I need to have my ambition because only when I do those things, will I be enough or I need to have a more, 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 more in order to feel fulfilled. And that is never going to get filled if you keep on looking for it externally, because that can't happen externally. It comes from inside. So just also, I want to, you know, have a lot of self-compassion. You have systems that have been set up that want you to stay in this pattern of having the unhealthy boundaries. So we talked about pausing and really getting clear on, is this really true for me? And you can also be intentional around what are the commitments and goals that I want to make. So the clearer you are when it comes to boundaries and you start to notice, these are some of the places where I'm not holding boundaries. This is what it would look like. This is what if we want to use the word success, or this is what it would look like for me to be really honoring that boundary that I've created and I've decided is important to me. So then you're taking action that is aligned with that goal. The clearer you are on what you would like that commitment to look like, the easier it is to be able to recognize when you are in alignment and you're out of alignment because you're really clear on what that commitment is. That you've said to yourself so you're in that self-integrity so like what does this look in like in action so i'm going to give you some examples of what i see when it comes to really engaging in some of these healthy boundaries so i'm going to give some examples for myself and my life and i'm going to give some examples for some of the things that i've seen with my clients so let's talk about a work one for example so for me, I'm a business owner. And as a, a business owner and an entrepreneur, there are times, many times, constantly, it feels like, where I'm holding boundaries. I might be holding boundaries with a client. So, holding boundaries with a client might mean I will not be responding to emails within an hour. I might tell them to expect a 24 hour response time for um, if they're emailing me about something. I might have boundaries around if you're going to counsel a, st- a session, I need 24 to 40 hours i might also have boundaries like i'm thinking of a situation that happened just recently and uh, i have a lot of people who reach out to me when it comes for when it comes to speaking and asking me to be part of their speaking engagements. And there used to be a time where I'd always say, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump on a call. I'd love to hear more about what this engagement will entail. See if there's a good fit, get more of a feel for your goals and and your um, aspirations with this speaking engagement, where you're noticing struggles, pain points, all of that kind of stuff. But then I would recognize I would sometimes get on these calls and they just, there, there was a, a big gap between what I charge for my fees and what they think speaking fees should look like. And so I started to recognize it actually makes more sense before I even get into a conversation to get more of a feel for their budget. And I've been doing this for a while now, but I have to say the first time I did that, it felt super uncomfortable to honor that boundary because it felt like, who am I to question these things? This could be potential business. But going back to what I said in terms of getting clear on your goals and commitments, I got clear around, this is what my my speaking fees look like in terms of, this is my one-hour fee. This is what my workshop fees look like in my half-day and full-day trainings. And these might be some of the, the times where there'd be exceptions. So things like it's a nonprofit organization or something that there's a different reason why I might be willing to have a discounted rate, cool. But other than that, this is my pricing. So then I can very clearly say, so great to hear from you. And before we gr- we jump on a call, just want to get a feel for your, your budget for speakers for this event. Make sure we're aligned. And it's been awesome. Sometimes they tell me their pricing and I say, you know, this is 100% aligned, would love to jump on a call. And other times there's a big gap between what they can pay for a speaker and where I'm at. And great. Then I just let them know this isn't going to be the fit for me, but maybe there's somebody else that I can refer you to. So that's for me, some examples in my business, but when we start to think about if you're a leader within an organization that might look like taking back your calendar and putting white space on your calendar. So you're not doing meeting after meeting after meeting and having no time to work on any of your strategy, any of your goals, it can feel really bold, but I have really helped many, many leaders take back their calendar and put some white space in the calendar every week to make sure that they have their strategy time. They have time that can be used for other things besides going into meetings so that they can be carrying their bigger goals forward. That might look like when you're being asked to take on another project and you know you're at full capacity saying, thank you so much for thinking of me, but I really don't have the bandwidth right now. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pass Or it might be your boss coming to you and saying, I really need you to focus right now on this priority and say, awesome. Happy to do that. I'll let you know. These are my top three priorities I'm working on right now. And I'm at capacity. So if this is now going to become a priority, let me know. Let's talk about this. What do you want? What should we deprioritize in order to make this a priority? So really coming from an empowered place and realizing that, You can set boundaries at work and it doesn't have to always be a yes. And it's actually healthy for it not to be a yes. And it can be a very fruitful conversation around why, why it's a no. When we start to think about yourself and your own personal boundaries and at, and, and making sure that you're creating time and space for self-care for rest for hobbies, for activities that bring you joy. What does that look like? Does your calendar every week, every month, reflect time to be doing the things that are really important to you? I always have time built up, built in my calendar every quarter and throughout the year to do traveling, to have days off where it's just about me and having white space to do whatever I want. And that might be just sitting in stillness for the whole day and reading and writing or maybe going to the spa for the day and your version might look a little bit different. And I also want to highlight here, this doesn't have to be big things. This could just be giving yourself 20 minutes in your day, making that about your time for whatever your heart desires. And what does that look like in your relationships? I can definitely say that I feel confident about back in high school and going into university, I started to get very clear around the type of friends that I wanted to have in my life. People who had shared values uh, were like-minded we don't think a completely alike. I'm all about debating and uh, looking at things from different perspectives, but just people who had shared values. And I wasn't using the language of shared values as an 18 year old, but that is actually what it was. And it was about a very give and take reciprocal relationships, people who I could feel the compassion and empathy and care. And I knew who would also challenge me and support me and be my champions. And so back in back by the time I was 18, I had to let go of a friendship that I didn't feel like was serving me like that. And over the years, when some other people have come in my life that it doesn't feel once I get to know them that that relationship is really reciprocal like that, or it doesn't feel like it's authentic, or there's not strong trust. um, I've had to let go of those friendships. And sometimes it's for a season, and that's okay. But what does it look like to really get clear on those types of relationships that are most uh fulfilling and life giving for you i can say where i continue to work on this can sometimes be boundaries with my family of origin uh if my mom's listening to this podcast episode she knows that i just had to honor a boundary very recently um where my mom and my dad were having an argument and my mom knows that i'm the peacemaker her and likes to come in and i'm also a coach who can offer a lot of advice But in this situation, I said, you know what, I think both of you, when you're in a challenging situation and are triggered, are not necessarily showing up as your best selves and communicating as effectively as possible. And it's probably not supposed to be me to be the one who's telling you how to work through and learn that and maybe something that's great for you to talk about with your therapist. So that was holding a boundary in my relationship with my parents. And, you know, I'm still a work in progress when it comes to holding a boundary when it comes to my relationship with my husband and getting very clear around what are my needs. Sometimes as a mom, I can be so busy being there for everyone else, being there for the kids, being there for my husband, being there for my amazing clients, being there for my family. I haven't necessarily spent a lot of time asking myself, what do I need? What do I even need? So I'm encouraging you right now. Take a second to even reflect and ask yourself that question. What do you need? What are those needs? I'm going to take a quick drink here. What are those needs that are unique to you? And that's again, the pausing and going back and tuning in because that's when you start to hear what those needs are. You might realize the need is I want someone to rub my, my feet right now, or my need is, you know, I really like to go out with you for a walk and talk about what's on my mind or talk about a tough day that I had, but it's really checking in with yourself and recognizing that you are important, that you are worthy and that you also deserve whatever those needs look like. And that's where I want to end today's conversation. All of this really comes back to the key theme of You are worthy. You are worthy of having your boundaries honored and asking yourself what it is that you need and what does it look like to be able to honor that in such a way that feels a level of peace, a level of joy, a level of fulfillment, a level of contentment and Let me be honest here. This doesn't mean all of a sudden, well, all of my problems will go away and there'll be no challenges. No, because that's not what it looks like to be a human being. Life will always be filled with challenges. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about the ebbs and flows and just being in the water and going up and down with the waves. That's not a realistic goal to be having no challenges or no problems. But it's also like, what does it look like to really put you yourself at the center, not in a selfish way, in a self-giving way and recognizing what it looks like to really honor the boundaries that feel most aligned for you. So thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with others. I really appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The reviews really help to get the podcast in front of a, a wider audience. And if you're interested in learning more about my programs and services, please reach out. I'm always here and love to have a conversation. And as always, wherever you are in the world, I'm saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm sending tons of love. Bye-bye. Please remember that meaningful change requires space and grace. Practice self-compassion and become the ripple. As you transform yourself, you transform your workplace and the people around you.